Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Just give you a quick story, familiar for some of you, but uh, Melody and I was, uh, my dad had back pain and um, he asked if we would pray for him. Or he was telling us about his pain, and we volunteered to pray, and he said yes. So he sat down in a chair, and we started to pray for him, and then he jumps up and runs off. Then he comes back, and I said, well, where'd you, where'd you go? He said, I had to spit out my, my chewing tobacco. I said, well, God knew you had chewing tobacco in there. He says, well, I got a better chance. You know, a lot of times, some of you are thinking, well, I'd have a better chance if... You know, uh, I went forward. Uh, I went forward in 1967 at a Billy Graham crusade, and they sang a song "Just as I Am." Just as I am, without one plea, your blood was shed for me. I went forward in that, and God came in and saturated. My life, that was one of the most powerful spiritual experiences I ever had in my life. I ever had in my life. But God is not rejecting you. God is not wanting you to run away. God is wanting you to run to him. It's the enemy that's telling you to stay away from God. Get away from him. He's going to get you. He's going to be disappointed with you. He's going, no, he says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Come to me. Come to Papa. As a matter of fact, there is a word in the New Testament. The Bible says that you have not received the spirit of fear again, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby you cry, Abba, Father. Abba is Daddy. You cry, Daddy. Thank you, Jesus. Well, in 1 John, thank you, Jesus. In 1 John, chapter 1, He says this, he says, that which was from the beginning, we're speaking of Jesus here, which we have heard, which we have seen, which which are, uh, we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, which our hands have handled concerning the word of life. What did Jesus come to bring? Came to bring life. He didn't come to bring death. He didn't come to put you down. He came to build you up. He says, the life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Let me just say this. God is not hiding from you. You know, sometimes in your prayer, you think your prayers aren't even hitting the top of the ceiling. They don't need to hit the top of the ceiling. He's there. He said, I don't feel him. Well, I think we sang a song today. Somebody said something today in, in the worship service about it's not about what you feel. 
Doesn't matter if it hits the ceiling. It doesn't need to hit the ceiling. He's there. You can't get away from him. Thank you, Lord. He says, that which we have seen we had, and heard we declare to you and that you may have fellowship with us. He's telling, he's telling us this, that we can have fellowship. Fellowship. With us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. So in other words, if you grab a hold of this, you're not only fellowshipping with John, you're fellowshipping with the Father and with the Son. He says, Jesus came to expose, to reveal, to show everything the Father is like. And so don't run away from him, run to him. Thank you, Jesus. And then he didn't stop there. He said, in these things we write unto you that your joy may be full. He says, I want you to have fellowship with the Father so that your joy can be full. I don't... It's, I don't know how far I can go. <laughs> no, I thought it was the edge over there. Anyway. Oh. I forgot what I was going to say. Anyway. Yeah, our joy is full. Yeah, I get, uh, you know. It, it's not a good testimony for a Christian to look like they ate green persimmons. Anybody know what a persimmon is? If you eat a green persimmon, your, your face contorts. And you think it's never going to go back into shape. I'll tell you what, if we're in fellowship with the Father, there should be a joy coming forth from us. You say, well, I don't have any joy, Pastor. Then who are you fellowshipping with? Who are you fellowshipping with? Well, you know, I don't fellowship with anybody. Well, that's your problem. You need to be fellowshipping with somebody that's going to lift you up, that's going to bring you to the Father, that's going to magnify him, magnify Jesus. You know, it's hard to live in the world and not talk about it. But, you know, when you talk about it so much, you're never going to solve its problems. How many How many figured that out? But you know, the kingdom never, he says his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion endures throughout all generations. So if we're talking about him, his kingdom and his dominion, then we're going to be in the right place, the right time. We're going to have the joy that we can release. You know, you know, some of you act like I've never, some of you act like, man, you don't know what I'm going through. I've been living for 66 years. I might know a little bit about what you've been going through. Come on. I mean, I wasn't. Thank you, Lord. Anyway. But he says, I'm writing to you that you would have fellowship with the Father, that you would have fellowship with fellow believers, that your joy might be full. That your joy might be full. If, you're, if your joy is not being filled, change the subject. Change the subject. I think I mentioned the last time I preached, uh, 
when a thought, I've got a new weapon now. When a thought comes to my mind that isn't edifying, that isn't building up, that wants to take me in another direction, I just say I prefer or I choose righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Or I prefer to live in grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And those other thoughts seem to melt away. They seem to go away. Why? Because the Word of God has power. But it's not just enough to think the Word of God. You have to say the Word of God. And you don't have to tell the whole world. Just tell yourself because the enemy that, uh, that hears you say it is listening to you and he has to obey you because you are walking in the authority of the Word of God and the authority that Christ has given you in Jesus' name. You are not weaklings. You are not uh, in the kingdom of God and in the Spirit. You are mighty and powerful. I'm just going to say this also. What am I supposed to quit? 1130. Okay. Hallelujah. I can preach this another week. But anyway... (laughs) Let me just say this. You are who the Father says you are. Don't listen to what the world is saying about you. Don't accept what the world is saying about you. If somebody comes to you and says something that is contrary to what God says, I don't receive that. I receive what my heavenly Father says about me. I am a child of God. I am in right standing with Him. He said to come boldly into the throne of grace to obtain mercy, to find grace to help and not... uh, to find mercy in time of need. I'm not going to slither into the into the uh, throne room of grace. I'm not going to come in the back door. I can come in the front door just like you. You and I can come in the front door, not because of what we did, but because of what Jesus has done. It is his blood that has cleansed you. It is his blood that has washed you. God's not looking at your past. He's looking at what, he's looking at what Jesus did. Hallelujah. Is next week Fourth uh, of July? No, we have two Sundays before that. Oh, I was gonna. Pre- well, maybe, maybe I'll just preach on it twice. <laughs> because you have liberty in Christ, you are free in Christ. Hallelujah! But we're talking about the Father today. Hallelujah. We have fellowship with the Father. When we have fellowship, we have relationship. We have, we have the love of the Father. You know, the one reason why you can't love other people is because you haven't received the love of the Father. What do you mean I haven't received it? You're not receiving it. God's given it to you. I'm not going to, but I have my, uh, my keys to my car. Uh, that's fine. This is just to be a verbal illustration. I could say, I'm giving you the keys to my car. Say, oh, these are nice keys, but then you go back, you go back and you'll walk home. You'll walk home, why? 
because you didn't really receive it. You might, have the, you might have the physical evidence, but you didn't receive it in your heart because you didn't feel like you were good enough, you weren't worthy enough, whatever enough. But God says, I'm giving you my love. Are you receiving it? Bible says, you know, I, I used to think uh, where the Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Well, that just means God's pouring his love out on me so I can give it to others. The reality is, is God is pouring out his love on me so I can receive it. God is pouring out his love on you so you can receive it. Then eventually you think you get filled up. Eventually, you might have enough to splash over on somebody else. Maybe. Oh, I don't know. I just got to keep it all. You might end up the Dead Sea. And then eventually, you get mad at everybody and you'll be the Red Sea. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. But no, we want to be, be the sea that has life in us. And we have that because we've allowed God to come in. 1 John chapter 4, verse 20, If anyone says, I love God and hate his brother, he is a liar. And uh, For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, he who loves God must love his brother also. Wow, fortunately, that word must is in italics. You know what that means? If a word's in italics in your scripture, that means it wasn't in the original language. But how many of you know if God says you got to love somebody, you must do it? You must do it. Yeah, but. I heard some, I've never preached it, but uh, one 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 guy I knew, he preached on get rid of your butts. Get rid of your butts. What do you mean get rid of your butts? Well, God says to love, but. Oh, I love this one. You know, I love you, but I sure don't like you. You know, how do Christians think these things up? I think they have help from darkness, but anyway. So we're, uh, we're just going to take a look at some of the things the Apostle Paul said. 1 John chapter, uh, chapter 3 and verse 1, he says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. Sounds like to me that John knows something about the love of God. Wasn't he the one that was leaning on Jesus' breast the night he at the Last Supper? He says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Now, see, that's a key there. If they don't know you, then why are you letting them define who you are? Don't let somebody define who you are when they don't even know you. That's a thought. He says, beloved, now. Turn to somebody and say, now. 
Now we are the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone that has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. One of the things about wanting to change, if you're just doing it legalistically, you'll never do it. But if you love somebody... You're going to change. And I got, I got a proof. I got an illustration to prove it. Melody used to smoke four packs of cigarettes a day. One, one, two, three, four. Well, you know, I didn't smoke. I thought, well, we were driving to Florida one time, and I was going to smoke her out with cigars. Well, that didn't work. So it just finally came down to, if you, I told her, I said, I'm not going to wake up. Now, I'm not criticizing anybody. I'm just telling you my thoughts at the time. I said, if you want to marry me, you're going to have to quit smoking because I'm not going to wake up every morning to a woman with cigarette breath. That's just me. If you want to, that's fine. But me, so it took her a while. It was torture. She'd get up in the middle of the night looking for butts. She was wondering, where's that sermon on butts? She wanted to smoke it. But she quit. You know, and thank God she quit. But, you know, for years, somebody would light up a cigarette. She would... <laughs> you know, she'd smell that first smoke and, ooh. Yeah. But you know, for legalism, you won't change. But for love, you'll change. You'll change for love. Well, God's going to make God, you know, I, I don't want to come to God because I don't want to give this up. Well, when you decide to love him, you'll want to give it up. One, this was years ago before I was born. But uh, some woman came up to uh, Dwight L. Moody and said, she said, Pastor, she said, I, I'd love to get saved, but I can't quit dancing. You know, they thought that dancing, you know, you couldn't be saved and danced. So, so Dwight Moody said, oh, he, she said, he said, don't worry about it. You don't have to give up dancing. So she got saved. And a week or two later, she came up and said, Pastor, you deceived me. He says, what do you mean I deceived you? She says, after I got saved, I didn't want to dance anymore. She got saved for love. She got saved for love. She got saved for love. What are you coming to church for? Are you coming because you love him? Are you coming because you have to? Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Some of you might be sitting there thinking, well, what am I coming to church for? <laughs> well, stick with love, let me tell you. Stick with love. But he said, behold, what manner of love. What does behold mean? It means to perceive. 
It means to perceive through sight or apprehension. It means to gaze upon. In other words, he's telling us to continually gaze upon the love of God. Continually look at how much God loves you. I remember this was years ago. I was, uh, we were living in uh, Independence, Missouri. And Melly and I both had jobs, and I got home early, and uh, there, we left some dishes, so I was doing dishes. And, uh, and I, you know, I had this prayer, oh, Lord, I don't see how you could love me, you know, because I was a sailor. And everything that they say about sailors is true. And there's a lot of things that are true that you don't even know about. You don't even hear, which I'm not going to tell you. But anyway, I, you know, I'm, I'm into this routine. Oh, Father, I don't see how you could love me. I don't see how this. And all of a sudden, bam, it's like right in front of me. I saw a vision of Jesus hanging on the cross. And I knew how God could love me. You know, it, really, sometimes it didn't even change the way I felt. But I knew how God could love me because his son took everything I would ever do and placed it on his son so that when he looked at me, he didn't see what I have done. He sees the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus because I've been washed in the blood. And the same thing with you. So what do I need to do? I need to behold that. I need to remember that. I need to gaze on that. I need to behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon me. It also means to observe with pleasure. There ought to be some pleasure in your love. There ought to be some pleasure in Jesus. There ought to be some pleasure in, in loving the Father because the Father loves you. It has been said, what is the chief end of man? What is the chief purpose of man? The chief purpose of man is to love God and to enjoy Him forevermore. Are you fulfilling the chief end? You say, well, I love God, but I don't know about enjoying. Well, then you need to get to know him. You need to get to fellowship with him because he enjoys you. He enjoys you. You know, actually, he looks for ways to surprise you. He looks for ways to bless you. He looks for ways that he could show himself, show his love to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I have to cut out about half of this. So let's just go, let's look at, let's look at, who he is. Well, in Psalm 147, he, he is a compassionate father. And I don't want, to, don't want you to forget that first, uh, first John 3 where it says, Behold. 
because we want to behold him as a compassionate father. He says this. He says, they shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. You know, one of the great ways of remembering something is singing about it. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they brought up a song. And it immediately brought up a memory of a shipwreck. It was the song of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Anybody ever hear that song? Well, why did that bring it up? Because it was a song. I think a lot of times that songs were given so that people would remember what things would happen. He says, and, and sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He's slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all. Do we have any alls in here? Any alls in here? The Lord is good to all. That means he's good to you. Lord is good to all. And his tender mercies are over all his works. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is gracious. He's showing favor. The Lord is full of compassion. The scripture says that Jesus was moved with compassion. He healed the sick. He fed the hungry. He delivered the oppressed. The Lord is slow to anger. What a revelation that was to me. Man, that wasn't my pop. He was quick on the draw. Some of you might, some of you uh, people might re Anybody remember Quick Draw McGraw? Well, my dad was a Quick Draw McGraw when it came to anger. <laughs> I remember he whipped me one time and I proved to him I didn't do it. He says, well, that's for the other times I missed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bless his soul. But what a revelation it was to me to find out that God was slow to anger. And guess what? I had to become like him. How about that? The Lord is good to all. Romans chapter 2, verse 4 says, Do you despise the riches of his goodness, the forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that it is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance? And the Bible says that God's not willing that any should perish. So if he wants people to be saved, then he is quick. He is quick to show his goodness. If you want to tell everybody what's wrong with them, I think you, they already know. You know, people already know what's wrong with them. That doesn't mean they won't try to justify themselves. But they already know. But do they know that God loves them? And that God has made a way for them. Hallelujah. He says in Psalm 68, verse 5, he says, that God is a father to the fatherless. Man, I didn't have much of a father. Well, he's a father to the fatherless. 
He is a father to the fatherless. He will replace what your father didn't give you. He'll replace what you were lacking. You know, I, you know, I get these prophetic words about, hey, you're going to be a father. And I'm thinking, man, I'm getting ready to get liberated. My kids are graduating, getting out of the house. I'm, I'm not going to be no father. I wasn't even a good father anyway. <laughs> but you know, God has a way. God has a way. He calls those things that be not as though they were. So God says, hey, if I'm going to make you a father, if you're lacking, he's going to give it to you. Whatever you're lacking, if God, you know, you might, you might have gotten a prophetic word and say, man, they miss that. They sure miss that. Well, yeah, because God's calling those things that be not as though they were. I read a scripture and it applies to you. That doesn't apply to me. Yes, it does, because God calls those things that be not as though they were. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just lift up each and every person within the sound of my voice. And Father, I know that you want to reveal yourself, Lord God, to each and every person in this room within the sound of my voice. Lord God, those that are watching uh, via the internet, I thank you, Lord God, that you were able to reach into them right now and deposit in them the things that were lacking, Lord God, because they did not receive it from a father. It could have been you had a good father, but he just wasn't there. It could have, been, could have been taken out by death, could have been taken out by other circumstances. But God says, I am a father to the fatherless. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, I decree that God is going to reveal himself to you and he is going to impart into you that which was lacking from your natural father. For the Lord says, even, your, even the best father, even the best earthly father cannot compare to me, says the Lord, but I am a father that will minister to you, bring life to you, and heal your soul and your inner person because I love you, says the Lord, and I want to give you my love and show you my compassion, and I want to draw you into my fellowship, says the Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you bless your people today in Jesus' precious and holy name. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. We doing All right. Thank you, Lord. We're not doing healing lines until July. Does anybody need a touch from the Holy Spirit? Well, I have another sermon. <laughs> Let me just put it this way. God... God's purpose in the Bible is for you to be filled with the Spirit. Not just a one-time event. Be not drunk with wine, we're in his access, but be filled with the Spirit. So let me just pray that and then we'll dismiss. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, even the simple prayer of more, Lord. We ask for more. I thank you, Father God, for filling each individual within the sound of my voice. Lord God, fill them with your Holy Spirit. 
Lord God, fill them with your anointing. Fill them with your power. Fill them with your love. Fill them with that knowledge, Lord God. Lord, you even said in your word that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will teach us all things. He will guide us into all truths, and he will show us things to come. So I thank you, Lord God, that you're going to show each and every one within this prayer. Here's this prayer. You're going to show them things to come, and you're going to fill them with the Spirit beyond what they've ever experienced in the past. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Amen.